to just keep going in the, in this series that we've been looking at uh, at the moment on joy, just living a Christ-like life and, and just seeing just something of the nature and the character of God flow through us. Um, Romans 14, 17, Paul writes, for the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not a matter of things just in the natural, but it's of righteousness, spiritual righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. God wants us to live um, with that sense of being right before him every day of our life. He wants us to live with a sense of his peace over us and, and of joy just flowing out of our life, true joy. It's an essential part of the kingdom of God. Um, it's an essential part of Christian life and experience. It, it, it should be a natural outflow of the Holy Spirit's uh, work within us and, and the evidence of Jesus in our life. And so Paul writes in Galatians 5, and he, and he talks about that the, the nature and the character of God flows out of us as what he calls fruit. Fruit is something that is just naturally produced as we, as we surrender and as we receive the nature of God. And so he says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Uh, against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Walking with, this, with the Holy Spirit is to seeing, seeing His life flow out of us. And that is a life of joy and peace and love. And so <clears throat> Paul, who, who wrote three quarters of the New Testament, he speaks a lot about this thing of joy um, despite the fact that he himself was persecuted and and often beaten and oppressed and and imprisoned in fact he writes a number of his letters from from a, a prison situation under arrest either in rome or, or or elsewhere when he's bound in chains and in one of those books the book of philippians he speaks about joy and we looked at this last week 16 times in just four short chapters um, even though his physical context is one of imprisonment, um, his mental and his spiritual state is somewhat different. He speaks um, about joy 16 times, but he also speaks 16 times about our mind and about the way that we are to think. He's saying that our experience of heavenly joy is directly linked to the way that we think. And I don't think he's just talking about you know, the power of positive thinking. He's not just talking about thinking positively. He's, he, he's talking about the fact that our outlook in life will influence our outcome. It'll have an effect on the way that we link, uh, way that we, the way we live. What we think, our attitudes and beliefs, create an atmosphere within us and around us. You know, we are surrounded by such a negative world. You've only got to look at the news, turn the TV on, turn the radio on, pick up a newspaper, and it's always full of bad news. We live in a world of, of extremes. There's just too much poverty and too much hatred and too much sorrow and, and suffering and loneliness. We, we need something more in our lives to help us actually get through every single day. We need the joy of God. And so we looked last week at, 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 at Paul's life, how he experienced that joy in his life despite his circumstances because of three things we looked at last week. And that was that he had a, a passion with a purpose. The gospel was his passion 
And the gospel was his purpose in life. He wanted to preach the gospel. He wanted people to know about, the, about Jesus, to get the good news, because he knew it would change their life. It would give them hope and a destiny and a future. He was able to keep his peace because he was secure in his salvation despite the problems that he faced. And he had a heavenly perspective that could, where he could see from his heavenly vantage point and he could, he could see things with a panoramic view where he wasn't um, caught up in just little tiny details, but he could see a big picture that enabled him to just keep pushing forward um, with, with, with joy and with peace and with hope. True joy is, is not simply an emotion. It, it's a state of the heart. It, it's where we live. It's a, it's a lifestyle that, that we're to maintain. And Jesus maintained his joy. Despite the cross, Hebrews 12 uh, tells us that he endured the cross. Uh, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He kept pushing through because he could see at the other end the reward that was there. And that's the same for every one of us, folks. There is a reward at the end of our life. It's worth going through um, some difficulty at times. But you can't do it alone. We need the Holy Spirit and we need his presence. And when his presence comes, he releases his joy. Paul, while in jail, writes, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The disciples, you read in, in through the book of Acts, Acts 13, it says, despite persecution that came against him, they were filled with joy. The early church was filled with joy. They had the reality of, of divine heavenly joy filling their lives, even though they faced difficult times because they knew God. And so um, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at a few aspects of heavenly joy, four truths that we were going to look at about spiritual joy. And, and we looked at three of them briefly. I'll look at the fourth one today. Uh, but just a quick recap. One, number one, true joy is divine in nature. Its, it's very source is God. It, it, it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not something you can produce by yourself in your life through your own effort. David writes in Psalm 16 and he says, you God have made known to me the paths of life. You have filled me with joy in your presence. True joy, true pleasure can only be found in one place and that's in God. And so for us folk, without, a, without an ongoing relationship with God himself, you, you won't experience true joy. You can have some emotional feelings every now and again, but true, deep, spiritual joy is only found in God. Peter writes in 1 Peter 8, 1 verse 8, and he says, he says, my life is filled and, and yours is filled because we believe in him and we exult, we rejoice, we thrill with an inexpressible, glorious, heavenly joy. It comes from God himself. Human words can't fully explain what that joy really is like, but we know it. If you know God, if you know the reality of the Holy Spirit in your life, then you know that joy. We can't always express it properly, but we know it deep within us. Sometimes we don't recognize it as joy. We just see it as security or peace or just a, a sense of well-being, but the Bible describes it as joy. Divine joy releases, number two, supernatural strength in their life. Supernatural strength. For the joy of the Lord is your 
strength. Joy is a spiritual force when we understand it. When, 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 when we not just have a feeling of it, but when we have revelation of it, it actually releases strength into our life. Um, I think it's a foolish Christian who believes that life as a believer will just be easy. It will just be a bed of roses. Um, folk, I want to tell you that, that to live as a believer today is not easy. Look at, the, look at some of what Christians go through around the world. Look at Jesus' life, beaten and whipped and crucified. Paul, beaten, whipped, thrown in prison, stoned at several times. People around the world now are in prison because of their faith. It's not always easy to live as a believer. But folk, it's worth it because at the end there's a great reward. But to live um, to live it consistently, to live it effectively, you need more than just human strength. You need a, a supernatural enablement that, that keeps you going. And it's the joy. It's the joy of God. It's a supernatural strength that comes into your life that encourages you, that lifts you up, that strengthens you, that you know, man, no matter what happens to me, God is for me. And if God is for me, nothing else can be against me that can have an effect upon me that's negative. Joy is divine. It's from God. Joy releases supernatural strength into our life. And thirdly, divine joy is a supernatural weapon. Uh, we see that in Acts 16, where Paul and Silas are in prison in Philippi, and they're, they're singing praises to God at midnight. And we, we, they're, they're rejoicing, even though they've been in prison. That, that ability to be able to praise God in those circumstances comes from a divine supernatural source that releases strength into, their, in, in, into your being. And that's what was happening with Paul and Silas. Um, folk, we're in a war. That's true. There is a battle. And there's a battle even for our own minds at times. Um, and the Bible does speak about spiritual weapons and it talks about us being clothed with spiritual armor. But I believe that the most powerful spiritual weapons we have is not to scream and shout and in some kind of prayer at the devil or bind this and bind that. It's not, it's not trying to protest against wrongs in our society. It's, it's resting in the cleansing blood of Jesus. It's resting and living in his grace, totally secure in him, guilt-free, living with his peace, with his love, and with his joy in our lives. And from that position, you can exert spiritual authority because you know who you are in Jesus. It's through faith in Christ. And Paul appropriates that kind of joy as a weapon through his prayer and through his praise. He says in Philippians 1 verse 4, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Joy in prison. He says, I'm praying with joy for you. I'm rejoicing in God. He's celebrating. See, sorrow and grief and, 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 and depression, all those things is, is a force. It brings a heaviness upon us. Heaviness is a spirit. It's a force. And, and, and for every force, there's an equal and opposite force. And the opposite force to grief and heaviness and sorrow is joy. And we need it in our life. It, it is a weapon. It's a strength. It's divine in nature. And so let's look at this, 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 this 
um, another aspect of joy, number four, and that is that joy is a supernatural protection. It's a protection for our life. So I want to read from uh, Isaiah 61. It's a portion of scripture that we all uh, know quite well in Freedom Life, I think. And, and so Isaiah writes in verse one, he says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. And then he says this, the oil of gladness or the oil of joy, some translations have, instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of despair, instead of a spirit of despair. Despair is a spirit that comes against you. What's the antidote? A garment of praise. Whenever you start to feel depressed, whenever you start to feel heavy and sorrowful and griefful or, or, or full of grief or, or worry or anxiety or doubt, there's an antidote for it, and it's praise. To look to heaven and begin to praise God. The oil of gladness, the oil of joy instead of mourning. Oil soothes. It has healing qualities. It, 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 the, the anointing oil that was prepared to, to anoint the priests with and, and, and to anoint the furniture in the, um, all the articles of, of the temple, it carried a fragrance, carried a fragrance. The ingredients, the actual formula came from heaven. God told Moses, this is how you're to make it. It's a special anointing oil. And whenever the Bible speaks about oil, it's talking about the Holy Spirit, the, 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 the oil of the Holy Spirit upon us that can actually release gladness oil protects it, it stops things from rusting it cuts down friction it reduces heat um i told the story i think even again recently of, of henny cater who was a friend of ours who was arrested and, and and imprisoned in mozambique during the war there and a gun was held to his head they were going to shoot him and then he just starts laughing um the joy of god just hits him and he starts laughing and the guy um ends up letting him go the guy gets saved the prison the, the, the prison warden the the guard gets saved and, and and they just let him go um because henny was just overflowing with joy it came and that joy filled that room changed the thinking of that of, of that uh, soldier that was guarding him and changed his life that oil protected henny right then at that moment John, uh, Jesus says in John 16, he says, he says, the joy I give you, the world can't take it away. You know, sometimes when you get oil on you, it sticks. It's actually hard to get off at times. Um, it, it's sticky. They, they would rub oil on, on sheep. The shepherd would rub oil on sheep and it would stick to its wool. And it would bring protection. They would rub it into its ears in particular to stop flies from getting in and laying eggs into the ears of the sheep. And the oil would stick on. Oil sticks, folk. The joy of God is meant to stick to us. Um, it clings to us. And the only way that you can lose that joy, once, you've once you understand what it is and you've received it, is, is if you allow yourself to be robbed of it. Now, I don't mind giving things away, but I don't like having things stolen from me. It, it, and it's much easier to give things away when you have excess. You know, for a billionaire to give away a million dollars, that's not much for them. 
because they have an overflow, they have an abundance, and so they can afford to actually give some things away. I want to give joy away. I, I, I want to have such an abundance of the joy of heaven flowing through my life that I, I can give it away, that it can flow through my life to others. And God wants us to be overflowing, filled to overflowing with his joy. We, we read in 2 Kings um, chapter 4, you know, the story of Elisha and and. And uh, he meets this widow lady who has a, a son who is unwell and, she, and she, he needs to be healed. And, and he comes to that house and he asks for some food. And she's got nothing left except a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil, just enough to, to, to make one loaf of bread. And she says, we're going to eat this. This will be our last meal and then we're going to die. And Elisha says, don't worry. She says, get every container that you have and get it ready because I'm going to fill it with oil. God's going to fill it with oil and you'll have an abundance. And she did that. She, she brings every container that she can get. She goes out to the village. She gets every container. And the oil just kept flowing so long as there was a container there to fill it. But we have a container that God wants to fill with his joy. And sometimes all we do is we bring a little teaspoon along. And say, oh, God, fool, I need joy. I need to know your presence. I need to know. And we bring a little teaspoon and say, oh, God, fill this up. And we think that's all the capacity that we have. You know, the problem with a, with a teaspoon is when you fill it to the brim and then you try and move with it, you walk around, it's going to spill. You're going to lose nearly all of it very easily. Bring a big bucket. Fill a bucket load full of, of anointing or fill a bucket of joy. And, folk, it doesn't matter whether you get bumped and buffeted uh, or knocked around. You're not going to lose. You might lose a little bit. You might lose a few drops, get bumped, but you're going to still retain most of what you've received. You know, as kids, we used to get uh, a bucket and fill it with water to the brim, and then we would spin it around over our heads. I don't know if you've ever done that. And the centrifugal force of you spinning it would keep the water in the bucket, even though you were spinning it over your head. Folk, when we, when we allow ourselves, when we open ourselves to the Holy Spirit and when we stand under the, the rain clouds of his glory and allow ourselves to be filled with his presence, allow ourselves to be filled with revelation of who he is and, and, and just be filled with this deep sense of peace and security and who we are in Jesus, then joy starts to overflow from our life. So that doesn't matter how much buffeting you go through, no matter how much difficult times that you may face, folk, the centrifugal force of God's grace upon us will safeguard and protect us. That, that, that's the power of God's joy in our life. It provides protection for us. And we, we live in a world where we are being attacked left, right and center um, on every side, even when we don't realize that's what's happening. And we need the protection of God's joy. Joy was a hallmark of Jesus' ministry. It, it, it was a hallmark of the early church. Wherever Jesus went, wherever he ministered, joy overflowed. People got healed and they were filled with joy. People were set free from demons or blind eyes get open and they were filled with joy. They were raised from the dead, filled with joy. He would forgive people of sin. They were filled with joy. 
In Acts 2, we see the Holy Spirit falling on the day of Pentecost. 120 people spill out on the, on the, onto the street, praising God, full of joy. People thought they were drunk. They were just happy. They were just full of joy. In, 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 later on in Acts 2, it says the, 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 the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They, they, there were no needy among them, and they, they rejoiced. They met together with glad and sincere hearts. They were full of joy. Acts chapter 3, uh, 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 Peter and John pray for that crippled man at the gate, beautiful. And he gets up leaping and dancing and praising, filled with joy. Acts 3, Philip goes down to Samaria and preaches the gospel there. And people hear it and they, and they get saved. They receive Jesus. And it says the whole, whole city was filled with great joy. And you can read on, chapter after chapter in the book of Acts, Acts 13, um, Paul, and, Paul and Barnabas traveling from city to city, and, the, and those people were filled with joy. The church is not meant to be a dull, boring place, folks. It's meant to be full of life, full of celebration, full of joy. And there are reasons that we should be joyful. Despite facing difficult times, we have a lot of reasons to be joyful. Folks, salvation is a reason to be full of joy. You didn't save yourself. You were saved by grace through faith. Man, that, that, that's a reason to be happy. The Philippian jailer, he thinks everyone has escaped when that earthquake hits, but then he hears the voice of Paul, and then, and then he cries out. He says, what must I do to be saved? Paul preaches the gospel to him. He receives Jesus. And, the, and then his whole household hear the message and it says they were all filled with joy. Salvation is a reason for joy, folks. And when you understand how secure you are in that salvation, that's a good reason to be joyful. We've been released from the curse of the law. Galatians 3 verse 13 says that's a reason for joy. Eternal punishment has been completely annulled, completely taken away. We've been given the gift of eternal life. John 3, 16. That's a reason for joy. You're going to live forever and ever and ever with Jesus. We've been made new creations. Your old nature no longer has control of you. You've been given a new nature. You are a new creation being. That's a reason to be happy. We've been adopted as children of God. That's a reason to be happy. We are co-heirs with Jesus. You've received everything that Jesus has. We're heirs of the promises of God. Every promise is yes, and we say amen. We've been forgiven all of our sin, past, present, and future. It can never come and condemn you ever again. As far as the east is from the west, God has removed your sin from you, and he chose to remember it. No more, ever, ever, ever again. It will never be held against you. But they're good. They're reasons to be joyful. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 1 verse 3. We've been seated in, the heavenly, in heavenly places, Ephesians 2 verse 6. Um, we've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've been transformed. We are being transformed from glory to glory. We've been given authority in this life to rule and reign. You've been given authority over demons. And we could go on and on and on. Folks, there is an endless list of reasons to be happy in Jesus, to be joyful. But, but 
and and we need to look at that kind of that, that those kind of scriptures and that and and make a big long list of those things and weigh them up against some of the things that come against us. You know, life can be a balancing act at times, um, but so often we we tend to gravitate towards and we we think about the negative far more than we do the positive. We need that we need to have a that set of scales where we just keep reminding ourselves of all the blessings we have in Jesus, all the goodness we have in Christ, and what our future is in his, what in him, what he says about us, rather than what the devil says about us. And we and and, and allow that balance scale to just keep tipping in favor of of the goodness of God towards us rather than anything the devil does against us. But the reality is we do live in a fallen world and there are things that can come and rob us of our joy if we allow them to. And I say that if we allow them to. And I think when you look at the life of Paul, you look at the life of Jesus and Peter and others, they had somehow learnt this the secret of not allowing things to come and rob them of their joy, because there are things that, that will try just from a natural perspective. There are things in our everyday life that, that will try and rob you of your joy. If you allow them to just circumstances, so the, 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 just the circumstances around us that we every day, but God wants us to walk in the spirit to live in a higher plane to live above circumstances. Um, you know, you, you don't have that much control about what goes on around you. Sometimes there is the stuff that just happens around us. You have no control of you. You can't control that, but we do have control over our reaction and over our responses to it. Um, in uh, in John chapter 20, we read the story where um, Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb. She wants to go to uh, embalm Jesus' body properly because he was buried in a hurry. They didn't have time to actually um, treat the body the way that they wanted to. And she goes with these anointing oils to, to prepare Jesus' body properly. And she finds the tomb is open. It's empty. And... Um, and she thinks someone has stolen the body of Jesus and she comes across this gardener and she's, she asks him, she's upset. She's crying. She says, who can you tell me who has stolen um, the body of Jesus? Where's, where's his body being taken? And she allowed the circumstances that she faced there to actually rob her of joy, even though she was standing right in front of the joy giver. Because that gardener was actually Jesus, the risen Christ. Now, just remember her previous life. Now, there's a lot of confusion over who Mary was. Some people, some people have accused her of being a prostitute and a whole lot of other stuff, and that's that's actually been proven to be to be likely very false. Um, there's no real evidence of that whatsoever. But what we do know about her life is that she had a changed life. She had, she's a lady who had discovered a new identity because she had met Jesus. And that's true of every one of us. Right? We are new creation beings. We have a new identity. 
and we're to live out of that identity. Now, if circumstances outweigh your identity, you can lose your joy. When what you're in and what you face becomes bigger than who you are, you can lose your joy. And we need to remember who we are in God and how much he cares for us. You know, the Gideon was, was hiding in a wine vat. He only saw his circumstances. He saw the nation being invaded by an enemy. And he saw himself as just this weak little boy and he was hiding while he was working. But God saw something more than that. But it was only when Gideon could see, began to see beyond his circumstance, when he saw the bigness of his God, did he have the courage to actually then respond to the call that God had on his life and he was able to rise up and become a champion. But God has a call on every one of our lives. And, and if we allow circumstances to come in and to cloud our judgment, to, to cause us to see ourselves as less than what God sees us, to cause us to see God as less than what he really is, then we will lose our joy. If we don't see God as bigger than our circumstance, and that we are in him, then those situations will rob us of joy. Now, this last week I've, has, has, hasn't been easy for me personally. Um, you know, every day, uh, should I say this? Every day since I had my heart attack last year, I've had pain in my chest. Every day. I haven't had a day free where I haven't had some kind of discomfort. And this last week has been been quite bad to the point where on two occasions I almost went back into hospital. Um, the doctors keep reassuring my heart's off is fine. They, they still can't give me an answer as to what all of the, the symptoms are. But I want to tell you that, that that's the circumstances that, that I'm living in a very real thing that, that can, that, that you start to lose your joy. You start to lose some confidence when you, when you face that every single day. And it's given me a far greater appreciation for those who are struggling with pain in their body on a consistent basis. When you're living with that day after day, I understand the effect that has on you. And it can easily come. That circumstance can rob you of your joy. But we've got to keep our eyes looking up. We've got to see God as bigger than our circumstance and that we are hidden in him. That he is bigger. And I just keep trusting God. Lord, breakthrough. I know. I know you're there for me every single day. And we've just got to keep, keep our eyes looking up, folks. Circumstance will rob you if you allow them to become bigger than your God. You'll be robbed of joy and you'll be robbed of peace. So circumstance can affect us. People, you can, you can lose your joy because of people. Um, now, and we've all faced difficult situations with people. You know, we've all been hurt by people. I, I think it's a humbling and sobering-minded to every one of us that every one of us can inadvertently cause other people to lose their joy. None of us are perfect and we all make mistakes. None of us have perfect motives and perfect attitudes 
all the time. And sometimes we do hurt other, other people. Sometimes we say things and, and we think they're innocent, but it's unfortunately it's hurt, hurt people. Now we need to learn as believers how to live healed and we need to live in a place where we're constantly forgiving other people so that we're not holding grudges and we don't allow bitterness to build up in us. But the reality is sometimes that people can rob you of your joy. But I don't want, I, I don't want to allow things that, that, that others may have done to me. I don't want to allow past events to determine my joy levels. I, I don't want to allow those things where I have no control over those things that, that can cause pain and can be hurtful to determine my response to God and of me enjoying him and enjoying life. People can rob you of joy if you allow that to happen. Things can rob you of joy. Even possessions or the lack of possessions can, can, can rob you of joy if you put importance on those things. We get bombarded every single day by the media and the advertising world telling us our need. You need to have this thing to be happy. You know, you've got to have this, you've got to have that. And if you don't have it, you won't be happy. Well, well Jesus warned us about that very thing. He says in Luke chapter 12, uh, verse 15, he says, watch out, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. He says, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. You know, if you've ever had to move house, you'll suddenly realize uh, just how much stuff you don't need. <laughs> you know, it's a good thing to actually go through your house now and again and actually just get rid of, declutter, get rid of all that stuff. I get, I get scared sometimes. I walk through some of the rooms in our house and I think, oh, We've got to get rid of some of this stuff because we've just got way, way more than what we need. Things can actually rob you of joy, especially when you've got a whole lot of stuff and then suddenly something breaks and you think, oh no, you know, then you go through the worry of having to get the thing fixed. Maybe if we just rationalize, we'd realize, hey, I don't even need that thing. Why have I spent all that money on that? Perhaps the biggest thing of all the biggest thief of all is worry not only does it rob us of joy but it robs us of health and it can have uh, real physical consequences in our life you know you can't buy sleep you, you can pop a few sleeping pills and and, and it might help you sleep but it but you can't buy rest, brother. You can buy sleep. You can pop a few pills, but you can't buy rest. And we, we need to live from a place of rest. When you, when you look at Paul's life, rested, beaten, imprisoned, facing execution, he, he had no defense counsel to represent him when he was imprisoned. He had no free legal aid. He had no organized mission board supporting him. And yet he was able to continue to live from a place of rest and a place of peace with joy. So there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of things that come up against us from a natural perspective that can rob us of joy if we allow them to. 
But there's also spiritual things. There are spiritual dynamics at play that are going on often behind the scenes that we don't even realize that can really rob us of joy. I, I think, and I'm, and I'm <clears throat> grateful to the Holy Spirit that he has given us, as I think as a group of people, some real revelation uh, on a number of areas concerning the grace of God that we have a reasonable handle, but I'm not, I'm not ignorant. I, I also know that there are times where things sneak in upon us that still come against us, despite the fact that we've had, we've got a pretty firm foundation to stand upon, but, but there are spiritual dynamics that come and rob us of, of, of joy, the guilt of sin. You know, when, when we forget and we lose sight of the fact that we are completely totally forgiven that there is no condemnation that the devil can come and bring against us um, if we lose sight of that then you'll lose your joy you'll lose your joy folk when we when we sin we don't lose our salvation but if you if you don't live free you can lose the joy of your salvation and, and, and the devil will come with condemnation and guilt and it will start to weigh you down. And if that starts to happen, you need to run to your refuge. You need to run to your shelter. You need to run and rejoice in, in God's forgiveness and remind yourself that you've been totally, completely forgiven and let joy come back. Let joy return. Unforgiveness. If you're holding unforgiveness against other people, folk, that will rob you of your joy. Because over time, what happens is bitterness starts to develop. It rises up and takes hold in our life. And we need to let that go. You've got, we've got to live in a place where we're forgiving people all the time. Demonic harassment. You know, the devil is a thief. He's prowling around looking for those who he can who he can destroy, looking, looking for those who he, he can devour. He's after that. He wants to steal and rob and destroy. He wants to rob us of our, of our joy. Our fight is not against human flesh and blood. It is against demonic powers. And you have, you need, we need to know how to actually stand up against that kind of thing when it comes. Heaviness, as I said before, is a spirit. And we need to come with the opposite spirit. We need to come with the oil of joy. We need to come with a garment of praise against that spirit of heaviness. It's a spirit that comes to, 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 to rob you. Depression, spiritual weariness and heaviness comes as a demonic attack and it will rob you of your joy if you, if you stay in it, if you allow it to. Even our own character deficiencies and us said before perfect you know we've we've always got to be giving ourselves over and submitting to the activity of the holy spirit within us to continually be transforming us into the image of jesus selfishness is something that if you allow that to take a hold of your life it will rob you of joy ungodly motives an undisciplined lifestyle um even spiritual life Laziness, you know, uh, one of the things that often gets thrown out under the guise of grace is that it doesn't matter if you never pray. It doesn't matter if you never read your Bible. It doesn't matter if you never worship God. Folks, those are lies. 
I want to tell you, they are lies. Because God has given us his word and he's given us the this this wonderful avenue of 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 prayer and of and of worship to to enjoy his presence we are strengthened with divine supernatural strength and so you can't just throw those things away through spiritual laziness we need to be disciplined have a disciplined lifestyle and that they are character issues um loss or damaged lost or damaged faith can rob you of joy. And that starts with a lack of the word of God. It, 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 it starts with a lack of revelation or a loss of revelation of the fullness of salvation. And, and, and you need the word of God in your life, continually feeding upon it. You, can, you need to continually be hearing it to strengthen you so that you can stay in a place of joy. Complacency, loss of vision, all of those things can rob you of joy. When temporary things outweigh eternal things, you can lose your joy. When temporary pleasures, temporary possessions, you know, earthly recognition fill your thoughts and your hearts, and that's what you, that's what you are grasping for. Folk, I want to tell you, you will lose joy. You, you'll become dissatisfied with the wonder of who God is. And it robs you of vision. It robs you of passion. And it robs you of eternal destiny. And when those things happen, you can lose your joy. Folk, I want the kingdom of heaven to follow me all the days of my life. I want to live with the overflowing oil of joy flowing over me and through me. I want to live with the, with the joy of the Lord as a supernatural force and strength in my life. But we make a choice. We make a choice, every one of us. Am I going to live with the joy of God? Am I going to choose to be joyful? Or am I going to allow the circumstances? Or, or I, am I going to allow people or things or worry or doubt or even some of these unseen spiritual forces to come in upon my life and, and, and rob me? We make a choice of how full of joy we want to be. We make a choice as to whether we want to live in his joy or not. It's based on the word of God. It's based on his truth. It's based on his promises and covenant. It's based on the reality that he is in me and I'm in him. It's not a joy that's based on feelings and emotions. It's not, a base, it's not based on circumstances or on people or on what other people think. It's based on the reality that I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. And that should overflow in my life. Folks, the, the fruit of the Spirit is a, it, 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 a demonstration of the reality of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's flow, Him flowing through my life. There's, there, let me just leave you with this, this a few things. that that Because joy has to look like something. Joy should look like something. One, it looks like a happy face. A happy face. A happy heart makes the face cheerful, Proverbs 15 says. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news gives health to the bones. People should see that we're happy. It doesn't mean we're walking around with this stupid, ridiculous smile on our face. 
every day of the life, every, every waking moment of the day. No, but folk, people should see that we are happy. Laughter. Our mouth should be filled with laughter. It's a natural expression of joy. We should be the happiest people on earth. And I know there are times where life is hard and it's not always easy to laugh, but we need to learn how to laugh. We need to learn how to enjoy life. Songs of joy. It's an expression, an overflow of the joy of God. And I'm so looking forward to next week when we can get back together and physically be able to worship God together and allow the joy of God to flow through us. Our mouths are filled with laughter and with songs of joy. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst forth with songs of joy. I'm looking forward to next week. Folks, if you've lost your song, if you've lost your joy, then we need to come back to that place of worshiping God and allow through that avenue, just as you open yourself up and as you, as you begin to praise him and worship him again, allow the joy of God to begin to flow through you. Strength, divine strength, being able to walk through difficult times. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's evidence, evidence where you, you haven't lost faith. You haven't lost your hope despite what you face. That's evidence. It's a, it's a demonstration of the joy of God. Being bold. Being courageous, gathering together with purpose, not, not forsaking the gathering of ourselves together. You know, that's, that's, that to me, when we, when we actually isolate ourselves, it's evidence that we've actually lost some of our joy. We've lost some of our peace. But when we come together, it enhances our fellowship. It, 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 when we come together, joy has an opportunity to flow through us and touch others. Amen? We should do something every day to make someone else happy. Think about that. Find something that you can do today that's going to make someone else happy, even if it's just leaving them alone. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best thing you can do. Just leave them alone. <laughs> God wants, us, God wants us to live a life of joy. But it's more than just natural happiness. It comes from deep, deep within us. It's divine in nature. And God wants, us to, wants it to overflow through our lives. So it's evident to all. And I'm certainly looking forward to next week when we can get together and... Uh, and really express the joy of God, just in being able to get together again. Amen. Bless you. If things have come against you and are robbing you of joy, remind yourself of who you are and remind yourself of who God is. Don't let joy, don't let um, the devil and don't let circumstances rob you. Live in that place of peace and rest. Amen. Bless you, everyone. Um, I'd like us to pray just as, just as we close um, now for, uh, in particular for Terence. Um, many of you would have seen the, the Facebook post that went up on our prayer and praise page for Lorraine's uh, brother, uh, Lorraine Irvine's brother. Um, he's back in hospital and um, <clears throat> he's got uh, brain tumours and a situation with, his, with cancer through his body. So, Father, we pray. We lift up Terence before you right now. 
thousands of miles away, but, but distance is not a, a problem to you. It's not a barrier to you. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would just come and enter his room right now, that you would just surround him with your presence. And we speak the healing power of Jesus over his body right now in Jesus' name, that the power of heaven would invade his room, it would invade his body, and by the power of Jesus' name that is over every sickness and disease, that that, 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 that uh, cancer would have to shrivel. It would have to disappear from his body right now in Jesus' name. And we pray that the family would be filled with peace, that your comfort would surround them right now, wherever they are, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ah, bless you, everyone.